Okay, to Ryan Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon from Rav uh, Shimshon Pincus, who's discussing the details of prayer. We're in the very early morning blessings, and the uh, the focus has been that before we we have to start with the foundation. If you want to get any concept straight, we have to start with the foundation. And the foundation of prayer has to start over the fact that we're human beings who have sensory perception. And we have to acknowledge Hashem in our sensory world because that's the world we're most close to. And then we will move on beyond that. So he says that's the purpose of the standing blessings as it opens up a portal to all our senses that a lot of times we don't think about them because they're so obvious, we don't realize how incredibly important they are. There's many ideas that we know are so important, but we take them for granted. And therefore, we start the morning not taking anything for granted and acknowledging Hashem's reality in them. Okay. And if we can have that idea of the blessings of Hashem that are so close to us, we start the day that way, then we can maintain it throughout the day. And we talk about things like our hands, our soul, our body, our intellect, our eyes. And we realize that Hashem is integrally involved in all those things. And therefore, how could we not understand and feel a certain closeness to Hashem that's there every moment if we'd only think about it? And the Arizal says one of the foundations of the service of Hashem comes from what we call the birchas hanahanim, the blessings of praise. If saying a blessing to God every time we have pleasure, every time there's something to praise Hashem for, so if a person can do that, um, you know, let's say, for example, a person can, let's say, say, I believe there's a world to come. You know why it's easy to believe that? Because it's far away. It doesn't have any imminent impact on you. Right? I believe when I die, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But it isn't that real to a person. It's hard to make it real because that is what we call deferred gratification, which is something that's very hard. It could be very true, but very hard. But if a person praises God for something he feels with his senses, something that he knows is keeping him alive, for example, a person is hungry, and then he gets satiated with food. That's your senses realizes. And who brought you the food? Hashem. So now you have a very personal gratitude to Hashem. And that becomes the foundation for everything. And it's Dafka because Hashem gave us senses, physical senses, to sense these things. And they're so automatic. You don't have to even think for your senses to work. So we could take it for granted and forget about that. That's the challenge. In other words, Hashem purposely made it so easy for us to understand how God is so kind and nice to us. A five-year-old can understand it. But since God does such a good job and does it so consistently, we can forget about it. 
if a person can always pause for a moment and take to heart the dozens and dozens of pleasures that a person has in a day with each and every breath, with the pleasure of everything we're able to see, every step, then you can certainly, um, uh, you have now accepted Hashem from what we call an emuna b'chush, a faith from the senses, right? You take everything for granted. My left knee has been giving me trouble for the last couple of days. Oh man, Hashem, I remember how good it was when it didn't give me trouble, right? But you should be thankful when it's not giving you trouble. That's the whole point of it all. So therefore, these blessings that the rabbis instituted for us is to get into many areas of the nature of the world, things that are so close to us that can be forgotten, and this is why we should not be forgetting them. That's the point. That first introduction to your speech with God in the day, once you're in the shul and understand what you're doing in the shul, is to acknowledge the blessings that you are aware of and to constantly keep that awareness of that. It's not only the blessings of you open up the eyes and you clothe the unclothed, which are very simple ones to understand. But let's look at the very first three that we say. And if I would have asked you, okay, we're gonna start blessing God for all the blessings that he gives us. And if I would ask you, put a list, Okay, and what would you put as number one on the list, number two on the list, number three on the list? If you didn't have a sitter and you didn't know the answer, what would you think? What's the first thing you should thank God for? For life. For life. Okay. After life. What? The sun. The sun? Okay. Anything else? But you want to get a little more specific? For you. The who? Okay, so let's let's see what the order is over here. And the order is number one is washing the hands. Didn't think of that one. Second one, you pretty much got it, is Asheri Yotzar. The blessing that we usually say we go out of the bathroom. It shows about the wisdom of how God created our system. Shem created us with wisdom, our bodies, the, the orifices, uh, the cavities, those things are the, the intelligence of the creation of the human body. So I guess that would be life. So you were close, it was number two. And then, Elokai Neshama and my soul. So let's spend a little time. These are the first three things you should be acknowledging. These are things that are intimately connected to you that we take advantage. No one here is going to deny they have a body that's a miraculous body, unless you're an atheist. No one's going to deny you don't have a soul. Okay, but when was the last time you thought about it? <laughs> okay. So, and what about the hands? So let's start with the hands. And the question is, what's, what's the big deal about the hands? You know, you think about that. What's the big deal about the hands? Well, let's think about it. Of all your body parts, which one do you use the most? 
Okay, think of what you did in the morning. You got dressed with what body parts? You washed your hands. You took a shower. You brushed your teeth. You ate. I know you had a mouth, but you're not a pig, so you used your hands to put the food in. How did you get here? You drove. You used your hands to the steering wheel, didn't you? Okay. So if you think about it, like you're working on a computer with your feet? No, with your hands. Mo I'm not saying you're not doing other activities, but uh, truth is, can you get around without feet? Yes, you take a scooter, and the scooter is run with your hands. So you can always get away around the feet, but how do you get away around the hands? So this is the majority of your interaction with the physical world is with the hands. Now, very interestingly, how many general positions can your hands be in? Right now, I'm just I'm just looking through you. They're, they ain't anywhere. Your hands can be up. Your hands can be, so to speak, across from you. Your hands can be down. Those are the three. Now, of course, there's you know continuum here to be, but that's that's about the only way. And it's usually your hand is made that way. Your hand is made to go up, to go across, to go down. Okay, most of the things that you do did today, where was your hand? What what are the which one of those three spots? Forward. Forward. Clearly forward. Front and back what? Front and back motion. We don't go back too much. And if we go back, it's only to go forward. Let's say we're throwing a baseball. We go back. So you can go forward, <laughs> right? Think about it. Uh, so usually back is to get forward. Okay, so let's try to understand. Well, when would your hands go up? <laughs> when would they go up? Well, yeah, but how about when you're praying to God? It says in many psukim that they would raise their hands up in prayer. And think about it. When your hands are up, that means you're trying to allegorically bring something down to heaven. You re reach for the skies. You ever heard that expression? So what does that mean, reach for the skies? Reach for that which is beyond you. Okay, now what's the source of that? Reaching out for Hashem. Trying to connect to Hashem. So that certainly the hand of fits. What about Birchus Kohanim? They're, they're more up. They're not only like this. They're, they're, they're higher up, right? Now, one second. When you're working, they're across. Below, we have the expression below the belt. And generally, we're not to keep our hands below the belt that much for obvious reasons, okay? Because the lower part of the body is not the most spiritual part of the body. Not to say you never have. I mean, you got to tie your shoes, but uh, below the belt is not exactly the optimal place for your hands to be. So now, when we are saying the blessing, you, Baruch Atu Hashem Ukeem Al-Cholam, Asher Bishman Saro, Al-Nitilas Yodai. 
So now really, the word netilas, what does the word netila mean? Washing. Doesn't really mean washing. I'll tell you why. Because what's the brach on the lulav? So we wash our lulav? So what does that mean? Taking it. We take, we grab onto it. We grab onto it. And uh, also in Aramaic, there's a word natla, means the cup. So what are we really saying? Well, first of all, we take our hands that are the central core of almost all of our activities. And we say about these hands, bless you, God, King of the universe, who sanctified us with our with mitzvahs, and you commanded us with the possibility of netilas yadaim, and netila really means to elevate, to raise. Netilas lulav, we're really raising the lulav. You usually hold it and you raise it. So you have given us the ability to raise our hands towards the heavens and to understand where our hands belong, okay? And that everything we get is from the blessings of Hashem and it's not for our lusts, it's not for our desires like other people. And when we take food with our hands, we take it to fulfill our obligation of elevating our entire persona. So therefore all the benefits we have, all the life we have is for a higher level of understanding. And that's what we're thanking Hashem because now you are enabling us to have sanctity within the framework of physical living in this day. You understand? Hashem is saying, you know, what's the main, we're saying the main thing I'm doing in this world is with my hands. Imagine you don't have hands that work. And you have no mechanical devices that can take the place of the hands. You couldn't do anything. Couldn't feed yourself. Couldn't do any kindness to anybody in an easy way. So now you got these hands. What are they meant for? Reach for the skies. You know, and it's symbolically, we have, there are ten spheros above. How many fingers? Ten. And each one, so you, you raise your hand up. That's why some, when they wash their hands, you raise your hands afterwards. Because we want to wash, and washing means purity. We want to purify our hands to realize that my hands should be in an elevated status. Even if they're going to be a cross, but it's to fulfill that elevated status. Hashem, you have sanctified us with your mitzvahs, and we're going to sanctify us by raising our hands and making, using our hands the tool that receives the blessing from Hashem. I use it in the way that Hashem wants me to do it and not in a way that should not be done. And that's why God gave you hands. He didn't give you hands to steal from people. <laughs> right? He didn't give you hands to hurt people. He gave you hands that should be elevated and to bring down the holiness in the world through the activities that your hands are doing. Now, if you think about that, the first thing you're never going to do is punch somebody. Unless it's a bad guy. Right? But 
But you got to think, what am I going to do with my hands? Now, you can do a lot of good things with your hands. You can give tzedakah with your hands. You can prepare supper with your hands. That could be a chesed. But you don't want to use the hands for things that ultimately will not bring to sanctification of the person. So therefore, we thank Hashem that he brings an aura of purity within our mundane lives and that we do not want to use them in a way where the hands go down figuratively we're going down in the dirty disgusting world that our hands could also do okay you had a question so i just wanted to add to that we at the time of putya didaka we raise our hands we raise our hands at the time okay. no by by until she dying we're talking no i'm saying i'm giving an example like at that time also we raise our which hands. time ashway no, okay, no, no. Putea. He's saying it on the till us. No, no, no. I'm when? Okay, Poseh, yeah. But and, uh, for the Alkitil uh, Yadayim, we have to raise up our head or below our head? Hands. So I heard we should not raise up our heads. Okay, but still to go, well, no, no reason why you can't. To go upwards. To go upwards. I don't know anything why you can't go up, uh, higher than your head. I mean, you're trying to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a custom. I mean, you don't have to do it. But but that's the first first concept because that's the one we're most active with. You, you know, if we would only... So before you move your hand, you kind of... It, it should be like in your subconscious. The default position is, what am I doing with my hands? How are my hands bringing Kedusha into the world? And if you think about it, if you think about it a little bit more often, you know, and sometimes, you know, someone's using your hands when you're on the computer and you can click here and go to a very nice Torah site. You can click there, go to a very bad site. That's the same thing as keeping your hands going up and your hands going down, right? So therefore, we use hands in so many ways and it can be in mundane ways, but mundane ways can be sanctified. Use your hands to build a sukkah. Wow, that's amazing. Use your hands to light Shabbos candles. Use your hands to give tzedakah, to write a check, or to click on the site to pay you know, electronically. But it's all your hands. So that's the first thing to realize that that gift of the hands that are meant to be used to make this world a holier world. So that really is the first thing we have to, in terms of formal bracha, formal prayer, that's the first prayer that we make only once in the day. Now, when we get to food, we do it again. Why? Because eating is a very powerful time in one's life. Now, power, you know, I was just hearing uh, for a couple minutes in the car, after carpool, talking about AI. This thing is AI good or is AI bad? So a scientist says it's neither. It's powerful. It's a very powerful tool. And people are using AI to to find the cures for diseases. On the other hand, they're uh, giving false representations to so it's not that you should throw away AI. It's a powerful tool, and depending on how you use it, that's how you should use it. So therefore, when you got a hands, your hands are your most powerful tool in many ways. Very, at least a very powerful tool. 
So we're saying, Hashem, thank you for giving us such a powerful tool, and you've commanded us to elevate that powerful tool. So we started by washing our hands as if to show we're getting rid of the tumah that was overnight, whatever, we're purifying it. To That's all a sense of elevation of that. So this is the very first bracha. Okay, good. So that's the first thing you're supposed to be thinking about when you're talking to Hashem. Okay. Next is the bracha sher yatsar esadam. Hashem, you created the human body in a wondrous way. And we detail the, the, the way the body is made. And we know if, if one little thing would go wrong with the body, we couldn't be alive for a second. Take one, one vein just gets cut somewhere inside your body, explode, you know, breaks, you're finished. Clogged up, finished. It, and it's such so, so little. So our lives are hanging on a thread. Okay, so now, but what do we say? We thank Hashem that we're healthy and that God gave us a body that is with incredible wisdom that can do incredible things, all free of charge. So we, 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 we're pointing out and reminding ourselves, wow, I'm so lucky. And God forbid, what happened if when you're in bed? You were in bed. When you were asleep, you were like a sick person because you really couldn't do anything consciously. But what if Chasson, you're a person who can't get out of bed? You can't go to the bathroom by yourself and things like that. Okay. Then we couldn't do anything. Honestly, a very sick person isn't worth very much at all. You know, they were discussing also the idea, you know, when men get sick with a cold, they're 10 times worse affected than women. Some say it's because the women have estrogen and it makes them be able to take, and the men got testosterone, makes it worse for them. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what the scientists are suggesting. But you know, you got guys when they have a cold, oh, I can't do anything, it could be a glass of water, it could be a hot day. Okay, remember, if you, if you had a, 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 a bit of COVID, you know, from what I understand, the COVID just knocks you out. Like you mommish, you can't move. Like you're barely, like, so how many mitzvahs can you do if you have COVID? A really strong, or you're whacked with a big flu, like a whopper of a flu. You can't you can hardly daven. What? Smelling. You can't, forget about smelling, you can't even move. You've got a real flu, 103. And your whole body is just. And the Ramam says that's why health is the most important thing. If you don't have health, you can't serve Hashem. Right? So the problem, so when we're healthy, take it for granted. When we're not healthy, we understand this clearly. Okay. So now, if you don't have a functioning body, can you have an enjoyable life? Hard. Can you can you do what you're meant to do in this world? Hard. So the second thing, after we understand how powerful our hands are, that can do so much, but you know what, if you don't, if your body ain't working, first of all, you could be dead. You can be compromised. And then your hands can't even do anything if they don't have a body behind that that makes that happen. So that's the second bracha we make. Okay. Now we go to the third bracha. 
And this should be the order, even though in some Sidorim it doesn't put this bracha right afterwards. Then she go, you start with Al until you die, then Asher Yotzar, and then you go to Elokai Neshama. God, the soul you put in me is pure and holy. That's the bracha. We thank Hashem that we have an exalted soul. But before we can even begin to understand this, we have to understand what does it mean that Hashem, what does it mean Hashem? We know that Hashem blew a soul into us. So it's Elokai Nishama, God, the soul that you gave me. You blew it into me. Now think about that line for a second. What does that mean that God blew into you? It means he blew something from his infinite reality. It's not something that God created, but something that he blew into. It's part of his, so to speak, essence. So I have the essence of God inside of me via this soul. And that means there's eternal existence is inside of me. Hashem, you blew internal existence inside of me. That means you gave me the most powerful tool. Now, of course, it can't be exercised without a body. A soul cannot exist if it's not in a body. Well, it could. It could be in the heavens, but it has no free will choice anymore. It can't grow. It can't do anything up in Shemayim. But if it's in a body... Now imagine, how, do you, how does a scientist explain, how do you put an infinite reality into a finite being without it blowing it apart? And that's the miracle of the body that you have. So you go, whoa, I've got like, like I got nuclear energy inside of me. Do, do you understand what it means when I do something? Whatever I do has eternal consequences. When I take my hand to do something good, that's eternal good has been created by me. It can never be destroyed ever. Wow. And also includes, yeah? Are, are we like uh, the Avos where like every action we do will be like generations and generations? And we like that. We could be like, yes, we are very much like the Avos. The only thing is the Avos really felt it every second. We just have trouble thinking about it every second. But we're capable of doing the job they do. If we serve a guest. We're meant to do it on our level. But what we do has eternal consequences for the good and for the bad. So realize I'm like really important. Like you should really have so much self-esteem. See, this is a, a person gets older. And they can't do the things they did when they were younger. Doesn't take away what you still can do and how valuable it is. If you're retired and your present company excluded, but you really are more on the infirm side, you know, it takes a lot longer to do things and this and that. But every time you go to shul and you daven, you're creating an infinite reality, and it's even a better one because it was harder for you to do it. And Hashem rewards you more when it's harder, and the energy you create is more positive. So you're an older person, and you you know, so what do you want? You just want to sit back and sit in your chair and just 
watch TV. That doesn't get much done. You make effort, even if you can't go to shul to daven. Every word you say, you can create infinite realities till the very end. That's incredible. And on top of this, we also, it says, and we are told that you're going to take it away from me, that soul, from the body, and you're going to return it when Mashiach comes with the resurrection of the dead. And that's something we don't have any idea what's going on here. But, you know, but it, it, com it comes out that uh, whatever is happening here, there'll be another day we're going to stop here we're going to be finished but then it's going to come back and come back in space you got to realize there's a lot of steps here that you got to be thinking about number one i have an infinite reality number two i will die and that means my potential power will have a time limit they say about rabbi yochanan ben zakai the great torah leader of his generation before he died the students went in to visit him and they saw he was crying, and they asked him, why are you crying? He said, if I was going before a king of flesh and blood, who's not, he's here today and gone tomorrow, and even if he would decide to kill me, it's only a temporary death, right? It's not a permanent death. And I'd still be afraid. Can you imagine now they're going to bring me when I die to the king of all kings who's eternal? And if he kills me, it's a permanent death, like Kares. <coughs> Should I not cry? Should I not be scared? Ramam says, what's the worst punishment? The worst punishment is not going to Gehenna. That's pretty good if you go to Gehenna. The worst punishment is if you don't get up at the resurrection. Because then there's no eternality for that person. So if we really think of this this great gift that Hashem has given us, this mamish, an infinite powerful gift that came from his mouth. And that neshama is me. It is me. I am the neshama. It's not it. It's not it, the neshama. It's me. Okay? It's not just the power that was given to me. It's the way Hashem gave me an, a reality. And the I that I am from this is, is, is as an infinite potential similar to God's. And that's what Rizrol Salanter said when he wrote a letter. He says, it doesn't matter. It's the same person who does the sin is the same person who gets punished. Same person who does the mitzvah is the same person who gets rewarded. Right? So we're giving a, a, a praise to Hashem that we have a soul and that we ask Hashem, please, I'd like to have it forever. Because I don't want to do things that will cause it to be lost. And then we end off the bracha, that bracha to Hashem, hamachazir nishamos sim. You return souls to dead carcasses. Which means to say, we were woke up this morning. Wow, my soul is fully back integrated inside of me. So this, when you start the day, even if you don't know formal prayer and you don't go in a sitter, but to think of those three things. Okay, what is the gift to be thankful for Hashem? Before you do anything in the day, say, I got hands that can sanctify my entire existence. Thank you, God. Remember, I got a body that's healthy or pretty much healthy. 
that I can do so much and I don't take it for granted. I want to use it only for good things. And number three, I've got an infinite soul that can give me immortality. Wow. So now, just like AI, Lahavdol, is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's powerful. And I should use it for the right things that I should have. If you have that base, the whole day is going to look different. The whole day is going to look different. Okay, we'll stop it over here. Thank <laughs> you.